Hello and welcome to the Indie Fantasy Book Club. I'm Kate. And this is Orland. And today we'll be reviewing Battlefield Reclaimer by David Norris. Okay, but first, I would like to ask you a question, Orland. If you were choosing some sort of battle party, would you bring your magical parents? It depends on their class. Depends on <laughs> For sure. If they're if they had a healer class and combat class or support class for sure i would bring them it just makes good sense you know you can trust them they're not going to leave you hanging when the dragon tries to eat you seems like a win-win now if they had a merchant or lawyer class i would be less likely to bring them but i would appreciate them in other situations yeah i guess my main question for that is do you think it would distract you too much to be worried about their well-being and safety maybe i'm a terrible person but I would be very confident that they would be able to take care of themselves. And, like, if they got in trouble, I would help them. But I feel like if we're going adventuring together, then we've all proven to each other that we have a baseline capability. And so it wouldn't really be in my mind to worry about them because I would trust that they're competent. Yeah, okay. You know what's interesting to me? What, what book was that? It was reincarnation where he was like, I don't want you guys here because I don't want to lose you. But in reality, if you're never with somebody, you've already kind of lost them. What's the point? That's too philosophical. Anyway, okay, (laughs) so do you have a question for me? I do. Let's say you did take your family adventuring. Okay. And one of your parents or siblings, whatever it may be, uh, ends up getting injured and they're about to die. And an all-powerful being, or at least all-powerful compared to you, is willing to step in and save them, what would you be willing to give to save them? I'd obviously give my siblings or parents' life <laughs> to save them. What? <laughs> just that doesn't uh, even make sense. Yeah. You gotta confuse the all-powerful being, for sure. They're all-powerful, them, I just don't think they would be confused. You put them in, you put them in, a, in one of those catch-22s where in order to save them, they have to take them, you know, they wouldn't be able to do it. Then they'd be like, you know what, we're just gonna pause time while we think about this. Are you trying to paradox an all-powerful being? Yes. Oh, that's, that's a bad choice, I think. I don't know how else you would pull but, it. Anyways, we'll go ahead and dive on into the synopsis for Battlefield Reclaimer now. So, the novel starts out with our main character, Sam, having his class day, uh, where he gets a class from the world law. And much to his dismay, uh, he gets the same class as his father and his grandfather before him, which is Battlefield Reclaimer. And he is so dismayed about this because both his father and his grandfather have been unable to activate their class. Because each class requires a kind of beginner's quest or initiation quest in order to have a class opened. And so far, no one has been able to do this. And so he's very dismayed. And his father, Jarek, being the wonderful man and wonderful father that he is, decides to take his son on an outing to kind of cheer him up. And he decides to take him to some ruins left from outsiders. And the outsiders are intelligent races who are the sworn enemies of the people on Sam's planet, uh, which is known as Asterfall. And so they go and explore this outsider ruin. And they decide to pour mana into an unknown formation. Really getting things spiced up here. They manage to get enough mana into the formation that it activates. And lo and behold, it's a teleportation formation off of their world uh, so sam being the closest to the formation gets taken and the formation tries to teleport him away but alas it is a ruin and so it does not work properly and so he gets sent away and then pulled back 
Um, but as he gets pulled back to Asterfall, he is transformed from his human physique into the physique of an outsider, very similar to demons, which will be very important later. Anyways, after he, after the failed teleportation, Sam and his father are encapsulated. For some reason, transported into the center of the earth. No, 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 it makes sense. Does it? I mean, the, loosely. The, it's like, we'll protect you from the blast, but... So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you. Hmm. Anyways, so, after the failed transportation, uh, the ruin blows up. And due to some very unique physics, Sam and his father are protected in a bubble by the exploding formation. And instead of being blown sky high, they get blown earth deep. And a very far, far away place from where they started off. Once they wake up, they find themselves in a cavern with a pool of highly condensed liquid mana. And they realize that they're kind of in a tight spot and manage to tunnel out of their little cavern where they encounter their first monsters. Three rather disgusting rats. They, they look tasty to me. Nothing that he described them with made you say, ew, gross rats, except for like the dirty, festering garbage smell they had. I was like, oh, really big, tasty meat rats. And their poisonous claws that infected you with who knows what they, didn't put, They tasted good barbecued and jerkied. Well, there you go, you know? Kate's stomach has spoken. Yeah. Anyways, um, so over the next several days and weeks, uh, Sam continues to... and his, Sam and his father continue to explore their surroundings, grow stronger, or at least Sam does because his father is level limited. And Sam is lucky enough to have his change in physique to the demon enable him to actually unlock his class which is fantastic for them because it means he can actually level up beyond level nine and so they spend additional time powering him up in a bid to break free to the surface uh, unfortunately all their powering up has made the local nest of basalt how would you pronounce that basalt basalt yeah, basalt basalt? Uh -huh. basalt gnomes uh, to strike back and during their battle Jarek, Sam's father, gets critically injured. And Sam, in his anger, decides that he's going to threaten to destroy the world law, which, you know, is already upset with him because he looks like an outsider now. And so this ends up with him talking with the guardian of the law, which tells him, or rather gives him, a wonderful choice of serve me or die. Um, but it does have the silver lining that if he serves the guardian, then his father will be um, healed. And be able to recover. So Sam views that as worth it, and he gets marked by a nine-pointed star. And his father gets a brand new class, which he is able to unlock immediately, allowing him to join Sam on the power leveling train of life. They continue to gather their strength, and then eventually make a bid for escape by directly challenging the basalt gnome's nest. During their fight, they come across another group of adventurers who are trying to help a young woman unlock her class. Um, and due to Sam's rather unfortunate appearance, one of the party members of this new adventuring group attacks him, uh, trying to kill him. And he naturally responds in full force. And, um, and depending on who you are, 
unfortunately kills that wizard from the other group. After much persuasion by his father and, um, let's be honest, charisma flexing by his father, um, they're able to settle down and everyone is able to abide or at least bear with each other. And following that, they make a contract where Sam and his father are willing to escort the young woman to help her get her class and then escort her back home in exchange for them giving Sam information on how to develop an amulet to protect his identity so that when he goes to the surface, not every person he sees is going to try to kill him. Uh, in addition, he also gets the benefit of them promising to be silent in regards to his rather unfortunate appearance. While they're um, working on developing this amulet after helping the young woman get her class, they are attacked by spiders or outsiders and Sam's nine-pointed star tells them that there's a flaw or essentially a portal into Astrofall created by the outsiders that he needs to go and patch up and he does this by fighting off the outsiders uh, which enables him to learn more about his class and its two aspects as then finally um, after destroying the outsiders they are able to work with the world law through pulling experience that allows it to heal and patch the flaw thereby closing off the portal to Astrofall. On their, um, on their way to the surface, they run into their final challenge, which is uh, Soul Remnant, which has a lot of very interesting implications for the way the world works. And then they finally make it out, and in the epilogue, they make it home and are reunited with Sam's mother and sister. Happy endings. You disagree? At a certain point, his father carries a guy out by the face in the epilogue. Okay, yeah, that wasn't good. Like, it didn't really seem to fit his father either. And it, but... No, it didn't. It fits Sam. Oh, for sure. It fits Sam, sure. but his father's like, um, I'm working on my charisma. I can do a lot of persuade. He could have just said, okay, go now. Go, go. I know, and like his father as well. I'm like, sure he has a lot of repressed rage, but I feel like he, after a lifetime of developing this charade of, Oh, everything's fine. Be jolly. Yeah. I just don't think it'd just be gone, but it could be wrong. Yeah. Also, why don't you go ahead and? It wouldn't have bothered me too if they had to live in the place and they were planning on just like, oh, if we don't beat this little local tough, then we're gonna be in trouble. But they're like, we're leaving, like right now. We've already got the stuff. There's no reason to bully some weak man in this weak town. Well, I mean, the guy didn't sound savory, but. Then again, neither does Sam some of the time. So let's go ahead and dive into the overall opinion. Kate, what did you think? Okay, I loved the premise of it. I loved a class that you couldn't um, that you couldn't advance in the, a broken system. And I loved that he got transformed into the, the appearance of their mortal en enemy. I thought that was great. Um, and I liked that he and his dad were adventuring together. So often in these books, for reasons... The young, weak little man has to go out in order to protect their family, but like leaves everyone behind, and everybody who has better wisdom and like life experience just stay on the wayside. And that's always like, it's so contrary to my experience of the world, which is if I need help, I call my parents. So I liked having his dad here, and so oh, so I liked that aspect, but. Um, I don't feel like the book lived up to the p 
potential that I saw in the beginning chapters. And so I was a little disappointed because my, my hopes had been really high. How about you? How did you feel overall about this book? Overall, I liked it. Um, I found the class system to be pretty interesting. And I enjoyed the uh, battle scene. There were a few times where it kind of lagged. Um, but I did enjoy his crafting and learning to enchant and learning to use his class um, and the capabilities that it gave him. So I really liked that part of it. Yeah. What did you feel about the magic system? Um, I thought it was I thought it was fairly good. I felt like um, in terms of like the classes and levels and stuff, it was just thrown out there. Like the fact that they were able to after. And if I remember correctly, after two weeks, which didn't seem to fit the timeline, but after two weeks in the tunnels, they're able to fight a level 40-something warlord. Uh, I was very, very skeptical. Like, I, I was okay with fast leveling because I've seen it. No, no, no. See, fast leveling is fine. I agree with that. But fast leveling combined with beating someone 20 levels higher oh, than you is see, what yeah. I have an issue with, right? Because even if you say, well, we have enchanted gear, it's like, yeah... But the warlord has developed their techniques and their cap like their fighting style for years. Right. Probably. I mean, I, I could know. be wrong, but it sounds likely. But I mean, and you're going yeah. in with twenty, especially with his dad, right? He has a brand new class too, so you can't just say, "Well, the dad carried them through because he has experience." He doesn't have experience. No. No, no. Yeah, you could say, "Well, two level twenties could kind of hold their own in a fight like that," but. My problem with the magic system, all that aside, because I feel like the I feel like the levels are kind of meaningless. I that is my big, my big, something, complaint. My big complaint with the magic system is I never felt like I knew where he was in his strength, or in his wisdom, or intelligence, or whatever. Like sometimes they would say numbers, but it didn't have any like actual meaning to it. It didn't, and and but it would have been good too if he had like an emotional feeling. It's like oh hey. You know, yesterday I couldn't do a push-up, and now I can, like, like juggle rocks over my head or something. That would have been nice to know, like, how he feels about his progress, that he was often jumping up dozens of points in, in, in a single attribute, and except for, like, charisma, where sometimes he'd be like, oh, I changed, and now I realize I should be less of a jerk to those around me. Except for, like, <laughs> that. Like he, like, he would add all these points to strength, and then it, would, it wouldn't even be a blip in his thought process mm -hmm. and it wouldn't take any sort of like he never accidentally jumps into a wall he's always like it, it always feels like he's the same anyway yeah i can i can understand that i think i think i had a very similar problem with the crafting where like i found it very interesting but at the same time it was like he was a savant like yeah. the prodigy of the world like, he, he, he accidentally him, which... messed up like three things though I know it's no, but like it's like three things that his the only three things he messes up and like some of them aren't his fault. They're like, oh yeah, no, no one could have done it with that like janky bit of skin. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think his big it didn't feel like he worked and earned it. And even if you have it, like I think he tried to set it up by saying, well, his grandpa was a savant, and he they just understood this in a way that nobody else did. So I was like, okay, well, the fact that he said that almost made it okay for me. I I did like the crafting because I liked I like the idea of like putting 
things together in different combinations and getting a fun magical thing that yeah i'll just attribute it to his class that's how he was a savant is because of his class that's what i'll say anyways okay my favorite bits when he breaks into his class there's a section of time where he's with his father he's he's working to fight rats and i feel like i knew exactly what their goals were and i knew how strong they were because they were only like level nine and less and so everything was really mortal and made sense and those and he was a nicer person because only his father was around so (laughs) (laughs) that is true so i like those because like the best parts of his personality came out because he was with his family and they were working hard and so i like that well my favorite part when they're finding the blood we were at the end and his ingenuity is what allows them to win but like I just really enjoyed that, that part and like seeing his class be I feel like that was a much better representation of how his class is supposed to work rather than this scion of the crystal flame which is don't get me wrong kind of cool yeah. but I feel like they're like oh yeah it's part of your class I'm like what? okay I thought the subclasses speaking of this were so cheap because it allowed you to cover the entire spectrum of humanity because you have your class your subclass and you have your professions and some of them well your professions don't give you anything really they give you some experience but you have to like go and level them up by yourself yeah it's just it's dull because like you could have a non-combat and a combat class well yeah but typically that's counterproductive I liked both his class and his subclass, but having them together was, it felt like too much. And I think if we had divided it and he had focused either on purely on, purely on crafting, then it kind of would have been more like Linden in, um, what's it book? Cradle. Yeah. It would have been more like Linden in Cradle because you have to be creative and build your constructs. And that's, that's how I imagined it working. And then he just like, and the flame goes wherever I want the flame to go. And then I make arrows with the flame. And then sometimes I make swords with the flame. And I was like, <laughs> I'm thinking fun. we skip the philosophical discussion just because we're already at 25 minutes. And even, I'm sure we'll cut a few, but is that yeah. okay? Yeah. I'm... All right. We'll just work that into the reservations. So, Kate, uh, what were some of your reservations? Okay. I have to bring up the writing style in this book because I think it was one of the big pitfalls. I would say to the author, you might want to look at your dialogue. If there's ever a point when a character is telling another character something the character already knows, that is bad dialogue and would never happen in the world. There's too many instances of this. A particularly egregious example is when the demons in the little prison world were talking to each other. And one of them's like, oh, you know how the, you know how the world broke and stuff, right? And they're like, well, maybe, but you're older, so why don't you tell me? And then the younger demon continues to ask leading questions of the older demon until we get the entire story. And while it was fun to have that as like a, as a reader, like, I like that you have that world built out, that would never have happened. Even in a, in a prison in which you're going to be there for 20,000 years, it's, it wouldn't, you would always have something better to talk about than something both of you already know. So. I beg to differ. <laughs> talk about all those inside jokes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're sugaring. Uh, so uh, that actually kind of is related to one of my reservations. It really frustrated me how the perspective would change, like, really randomly. Like, I would be reading a paragraph, and then the next paragraph would be from 
Sam's dad, um, Sam's dad's point of view, and then the next paragraph after that would be from Sam's point of view, and then two paragraphs later would be from his mom's point of view. Or better yet, when it goes to the villain that they're fighting. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, like I I've had other books that switch point of views like that, but there's always like a break, like being like, well, yeah, a section break or something, which allows me to like, be like okay, we're going to change point of views and make sense. When I'm reading Sam's point of view and then suddenly I'm reading about Sam in like the third person, I'm like, wait, what? And then it's like, oh, it's his dad talking. I found that to be very confusing and yeah, made it hard for me to really be in the story. Okay. I will disagree with you just a little bit because this was... Oh, bring old... it on. Okay. Bring it on. I'll have to. This was an old school method. This is like... There's a reason it's old school. I know. <laughs> it's really, really out of date. But... I was okay with it because I do read old school books sometimes. And some, you know, sometimes, in fact, sometimes I thought, I think that you do get an interesting perspective that in a modern telling you wouldn't get. Just because, like, I do actually like periodically going to what the villain is thinking. That was fun. Well, yeah, but you can do that with a section break, right? You don't yeah. have to have it continuous. Yeah. Having it continuous doesn't give, at least in my opinion, doesn't give you anything different than doing it with a section break. Well, All you, it does is confuse the poor, or at least me as a poor reader. Maybe, maybe you you're more Orland. skillful. <laughs> yeah, you confused me. And maybe Kate is more skillful and that's not a problem, but. Well, you do have to, you do have to handle it carefully. So like with any, with any writing technique, if you do it poorly, you're just going to confuse people. And the most important thing in writing is to be clear so that the poor reader does not have to flounder. Um, so yeah, that, that was my, largest reservation and then we already talked about the class system so i won't go into that again i will read book two we'd like to express our gratitude to david north um, and for writing this book and giving us a enjoyable read we will go ahead and talk about what we're going to be reading next week turn that over to kate for next week we'll be reading in another world i must defeat the demon king a lit rpg adventure this is by miles english and here is the description or the first paragraph of the description on amazon Henry's life as a valiant defender of the realm is over, stolen away when he is transported to a strange new world. Instead of horses and swords, it has cars, rent, hamburgers, and a gun-toting part-time waitress named Shauna. There isn't much use for a white knight atop a fiery steed, or is there? Thankfully, Henry's ability to level up and unlock powerful new skills hasn't abandoned him. In fact, Shauna is starting to level up too, but there's a catch. Turns out, they've caught the attention of the secret society that's devoted to the very system of power that Henry was raised on. Led by the enigmatic Demon King, they aren't happy about newcomers getting involved in their affairs. Magic, power, experience, the society wants it all for themselves, and they'll happily kill whoever it takes to keep it that way. I hate urban fantasy. <laughs> You're going to have to deal with this, because I like this book. And there you have it, folks. Okay. Kate actually likes the book. I liked the book. I read it. I liked it. So I'm making Orland read it. And I hate urban fantasy. You guys should read it, too, and join us for next week. Yes, if I have to read it, everyone else should. <laughs> it's a good book. Okay, sometimes a fantasy with guns is okay. And on that note, everybody, we'd love to hear from you if you think guns are okay in a fantasy world. I personally think that it's morally wrong, but I'm happy to have some opposition on that. So feel free to reach out to us at our email, indiefantasy... 
bookclub at gmail.com.